she made a statement to me that changed literally the rest of my life. She said, honey, you've got some options. She goes, but what you need to do is figure out you need to grab the opportunity and avoid the chances. And she, I'll say it again, grab the opportunity and avoid the chances. And so she got up and like strolled out of the kitchen like Yoda, you know, like she just dropped wisdom. She was out, right? And I remember sitting there going, opportunity versus chance. And a chance is 50-50, right? That's like a coin toss. There's a chance it lands on heads. There's a chance it lands on tails. But an opportunity is something different. An opportunity actually will lead you somewhere or put you on the right path. Welcome to The Ziggler Show, where we inspire your true performance. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. Today, we are talking about making the most of the time you have and that your beginning, no matter where you are, is now. I have a conversation with Chris Hogan. Many know Chris as one of the primary personalities and a highly in-demand speaker with Dave Ramsey. Uh, Chris has a best-selling book and a popular podcast titled Retire Inspired. But, and this is not just to entice everyone to hear the show, I personally have zero thoughts about retirement right now. I am relatively young. But Chris shared a message I needed to hear. He talks about planning ahead, but really even more so just getting the most value out of our day's now taking them with great gravity in essence. And you're going to hear a very acute and personal story involving one of his kids who has a chronic issue that really drives the point home. I mean, it makes the topic very acute for Chris and it'll change your perspective again, not to make you manic about every single day. Uh, there's also fun and rest and play in those things, but the intentionality and, uh, you know, for Chris, it really has made his message here one that is so viable and acute and valid for his life, his family's life and his mission. And that's why he's on stage and in books and on podcasts, sharing it with us. So it was just incredible conversation, a lot of passion in the discussion. And again, he's just an incredible communicator as well. Really powerful stuff. So you can follow Chris on Twitter and Instagram at at Chris Hogan, H-O-G-A-N 360, the number 360. And online, you can find him at ChrisHogan360.com or same thing on Facebook, facebook.com slash ChrisHogan360. Before I bring you Chris, I want to share a couple great resources. All right, folks, let's now talk about getting the most out of our life daily with Chris Hogan. Well, Chris, just an honor to have you on here. This has been a long time coming. I think uh, we've gotten most of the Ramsey folks, but we saved you for last because, you know, we want to anchor with the best. And, you know, we ask you in this when we're talking to the Ziegler audience, which you know of Zig well, that you said, I want people to understand that there are things to do right now. This is not the end. Where they are now is a new beginning to their path to improvement. When we take control of our thinking and actions, we begin to blaze a path toward improvement. And you, I know the book with Retire Inspired, you focus on that. And is this really speaking to the folks who, yeah, feel like, okay, this is the winding down stage. And it feels like you're calling them out to say, man, you've got, you've got everything you need to, to go ballistic at this point. Well, it really is. And I, first of all, I thank you all for having me. Uh, it is a pleasure to be on with you. Uh, Zig was instrumental in my life, uh, absolutely instrumental, and in helping me craft my thinking, literally, as a college athlete. 
uh, thinking differently about things, understanding where I am at right now is just the beginning. I've got an opportunity to be able to grow forward. And so I'm so grateful for him and had an opportunity to meet him a couple of times. So that's fantastic. But but looking at the topic of retirement, I, I, I want to help people really start to look and understand some things. Um, I'm a father of three boys. Uh, I've got them. They're, they're 13, 12, and about to be 11. So I'll take all the prayers y'all can give me. Okay. I mean, these boys are growing. <laughs> they're eating up everything. Uh, and I, I'm literally, as a father, I, I'm trying to help my boys to do better than what I did. And it's really one of those look back and opportunities to help him, them to think differently about things and literally to get prepared. And if you look at it, what I do now as I talk about this money stuff and leadership stuff, I'm also trying to help people to get prepared. I'm trying to help millennials get prepared to start to understand retirement's not an old people thing. It's a smart person thing. And so you have to do some things to start to prepare yourself to be on the right track. Like I was fortunate enough, um, one of my... Uh, First employers, one of my head football coaches when I was coaching in Pennsylvania, like he made me sign up for the 401k. Okay, it was a 403b because I was at a university. And I'm like, look, coach, I don't know if I can afford to do this. He goes, you can't afford not to. And literally, now I'm sure that's against the law to make somebody sign up. But I'll tell you what, I am so grateful that he did. Because what he started me on was a path of understanding how money grows and how you have to prepare. And so I want people to look and understand when I say the word retirement, I want you to hear the word dreams. I'm talking about you chasing down and doing the things you've always wanted to do because we have those things deep down inside of us. We have things that we want to do for ourselves. We have things we want to do for our family. We've got things we want to do for our community. So I think it's a matter of helping people to wake up, shake up what they're doing and start to take up things that are going to help them to get there. Okay, so talking about fathering and, and your own kids, preparing them, and as you were set on this path by mm. some people in your history, I do want to go back a little bit uh, in there and what got you to this point. I mean, you've had some great success. You're a big part, obviously, of the Ramsey team. Did your own childhood set you up with support and encouragement for this path, or did it give you trial and challenge to overcome to get on this mm. path? I would have to say that throughout my life, I have had people that have cared enough about me uh, to mentor, to pour into me, to push me to think bigger. And I mean, starting with my own family, uh, my mother, uh, my grandparents, my uncles, aunts, all of them really saw, I guess, something in me uh, and cared enough to talk with me to help me dream bigger. And then it just got fostered through with teachers. Uh, Jane Barrows, my first grade teacher. And it's been a long time since I was in first grade, but I can remember her. I can remember Mrs. Raider in second grade, Mrs. Mertz in third, Mrs. Reeves in fourth, Mrs. Bauer in fifth. I mean, I can go on and on with the people that really helped to shape and guide me and then not to mention my coaches. And so I think when you care enough about someone, you can you can help them think bigger and better for themselves. And I want people to hear me because not everybody had someone throughout their life to cheer them on or to guide them. And, and I'm going to say, I challenge you, if you step back and you think, you've had people along the way that have cared about you and supported you. Now what I want you to do is to care enough about yourself and, and support yourself for your financial future that you keep pushing no matter where you are. You're not done yet. Where you are right now is an opportunity for a new start and a better finish. So we did a show, uh, actually just yesterday we recorded it, and we talked about, we had asked people on Facebook, what was the thing that 
helped you want to do a better job than average mm. just in your life that got you to that point of excellence. So when you go back and you talk about these people who sewed into your life, was there a point when you realized that you had more for yourself, you believed more for yourself and you wanted to strive for more than the average. Was that something that happened at a young age? Did it happen later on? Where did that? I, I honestly can uh, would say that it happened in many places, but it happened at a young age. And, and I'll never forget, I think I was around sixth or seventh grade and my grades were struggling and this was football season. And Mama Hogan, now Mama Hogan is, is a card. I'm going to tell you something. She's something else. <laughs> but I'll never forget her sitting me down at our kitchen table and helping me to understand that football was a privilege, but school was my job. And she said, and I'll never forget this, she said, Christopher. Now, first of all, when she used Christopher, she had my attention, right? Because I knew wisdom or a whooping was coming when she said Christopher. (laughs) So I sat up straight. But she said, I don't want you to be a Ben brother. I don't want you to be a could have been, a should have been, and a would have been. I want you to be focused and set goals for yourself. And so for me, this was an awakening. Uh, This was one of those things where looking at it, even though I was really good at football and sports, she helped me to reset my priorities to understand really what my job was. So an awakening, that's 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 a turning point in essence. I mean, even looking back now, though, with being where you're at, if you could go back to that kid right now. What else would you what else would you say? Oh, what else? Oh, wow. Ask? That's a fantastic question. Um, I, I would tell that that young Hogan uh, that life is a journey um, and it's great to set goals, but you have to be careful that in uh, trying to achieve the goals that you really don't enjoy where you are. And more importantly, build the relationships where you are deeper. What I mean by that is care about people, you know, in the midst of you driving and trying to achieve something, find some people to help support and cheer on along the way. Uh, you know, I, I, I think it's so vital as I look back at relationships that I have uh, that, you know, the, the missed opportunities maybe to cheer someone else on, uh, to be able to enjoy the moment, even though I'm striving for better. That's exactly what I would tell myself. Okay. So I'm curious on that because, so I come from an athletic background yeah. and, and some professional uh, pursuits there. And is that from seeing your own pursuits and your own success? But there was, I mean, athletics, it, it is a self-focused sport. We just started watching the Olympics last mm-hmm. night and man, being in that arena, it is, it is, it is a lot of focus on self. Is that what you're speaking to some that as you progress, you wish you could go back now and do what you're doing now. And so into others. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, in that, and I was I've always been good from a relationship standpoint, and I was taught that as a young age, that you have to value others and be kind to others. I just, you know, in looking at it, I think at times you can you can get a little too self-focused. Uh, and at a younger age, I would want me to kind of broaden my horizon uh, to kind of cheer someone on, you know, a little bit more, take time to find out, hey, what do they have going on that I could help them with? Uh, and I look back on that and realize how important that is because that's something I really focus on doing right now. Well, so the football career, which is a big part of your your history, you're all American, uh, won a national championship. So in that, I'm sure you get this question a lot, but it's just curious as you look at the life trajectory and where you are now. Did you consider going pro? Was there something that made you decide, no, I don't want to go there. I want to go a different route. Well, not being drafted helped me to consider that I didn't want to go pro. Okay, uh, but but okay. it was one of so those. You, did go you know, having played at a smaller school, uh, understanding I might have been not the prototypical size. But I had another profound instance happen to me, Kevin. Uh, it was one of those where I was uh, second semester of my senior year in college. Um, I had worked out for some NFL teams. Uh, my agent 
had had was working on a, a Canadian contract for me to go to Canada to play for a year yeah. or two to see if I could get on with the league. Uh, but I had some other options as well. And so I'll never forget sitting at my dining room table at my grandmother's home. I'm sitting there with these three options in front of me. One of them, Canadian football. One is a grad school application. And another one was a boxing contract. Uh, a sportscaster oh, had wow. seen me bo- uh, seen me play football and thought I could be a good boxer. So anyway, those things aside, I'm sitting at the table. My grandmother comes in. She asks me, she goes, honey, what are you doing? And I called her Nan. I said, Nan, I'm trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do with the next phase of my life. Um, what direction I'm supposed to go. And she goes, well, tell me a little bit about your options. And as I got done talking with her for about 30 to 45 minutes, walking her through it, she made a statement to me that changed literally the rest of my life. She said, honey, you've got some options. She goes, but what you need to do is figure out, you need to grab the opportunity and avoid the chances. And I'll say it again, grab the opportunity and avoid the chances. And so she got up and like strolled out of the kitchen like Yoda, you know, like she just dropped wisdom. She was out, right? And I remember sitting there going, opportunity versus chance. And a chance is 50-50, right? That's like a coin toss. There's a chance it lands on heads. There's a chance it lands on tails. But an opportunity is something different. An opportunity actually will lead you somewhere or put you on the right path. And I'll never forget sitting there for maybe another hour. I called my agent. I called Steve and said, hey, buddy, I'm done. I said, hey, tear up the Canadian contract. I'm not going. He goes, no, 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 you have no idea. I said, listen, I'm one injury away from being done playing. I said, I've got to do something that puts me on the path. I said, I've got to grab an opportunity. I tore up the boxing thing, and I started filling out the grad school application because I knew moving in that direction, getting that graduate degree was going to put me on a path to do what it is I wanted to do. And so I'm telling that story because I want your, your, your listeners and viewers out there to really start to look at their life to understand the difference between opportunities and chances. And I want you to grab opportunities. Don't let them slip past your fingers. And I promise you, you'll end up further along or closer to where it is you want to go. So I want to ask about that. You said you looked at grad school, you wanted to do, to do what, you, mm-hmm. what it is you wanted to do. Clarify that. So what was that? Well, I had known pretty much since eighth grade that I wanted to go into the FBI. Um, I wanted to be an agent. And so I would read books. I'd actually talked to a friend whose dad was an agent. And I really, really was glued in on this. And so graduating high school at 17 and then going on to college and graduating at age 21, I knew I was way too young and I had to do some things to get some experience, whether that was going to the military, getting grad school or going to law school. And my coach uh, at, at, at my undergraduate institution had my second semester, my senior year had just taken a job at a new school. And he called me in. He said, Chris, listen, I'd love for you to come up here and coach full time as a full time assistant and we'll pay for your graduate school. And so for me, this was, a, again, opportunity versus chance, an opportunity. Right. And again, to move forward. But it was based on relationships. It was based on how I had played for him. I had worked with him. I had been a leader on that team that he saw something in me that he wanted to bring along with him to grow this new program. And so it was just one of those things where you start to look at it, and it's, it truly is how you treat people, right? How the kindness and your work ethic, those things speak up further more for you than your words ever can. Yeah. Well, I do want people to hear that your dream was to go into the FBI, and now you work with Ramsey yes. Solutions. So we'll let people figure out the connection. Well, it, it is on one now. of those things. My goal, really what I wanted to do, I wanted to be able to protect people and serve. Right. I mean, that was my mindset of the bureau. And as I look at it now, having been a part of Ramsey Solutions here for 13 years, I'm literally protecting and serving. 
I am trying to protect people's financial futures by serving them now mm-hmm. to help them to understand the plan, the process, and the goals. So I'm still doing what I was put on this earth to do. I'm just doing it in a different venue and a different a, a different way. Uh, okay. I, okay. So, so take us from that. Cause I know you went from coaching and you went into being a bill collector. Uh, but where, where the, where the interest in finance? Cause yeah, just as you said, now you have chosen that arena to do the protecting and serving that you wanted to do from day one. What got you on that? Well, I, literally, as I was finishing up grad school, I started mentoring with a, an agent And as he started to reveal in the FBI, the reveal kind of the reality of that world, uh, it was literally like that door being shut for me. Uh, It was like me being redirected in in another direction, which it's okay to have some goals and it's okay to make some adjustments. But for me, I wanted to, the business world, I wanted to go into business because I thought, can I create a team environment much like we had in sports? You know, that camaraderie, that focus, that unity, that desire to achieve a goal. And I thought, if I can build that kind of atmosphere in the business world, I could achieve some things. We as a team could achieve some things. And so I'd always been interested in business and obviously money. Uh, And so it was a natural fit and a natural segue to move into that market. Okay, so you go into finance and you talked about a stint with a bill as, as a bill collector, then into banking and loans. And so here we have banks. And as you guys teach at Ramsey, that most of the populace doesn't seem to get banks are out there to sell loans. It's not a privilege. And you're doing that. And that's what came to you. And uh, to the sense and you spoke to it in your book that you felt now this is my word. So you, you correct me, but that you're here selling this thing that's imprisoning yeah. a lot of uh, imprisoning a lot of people. They don't need. And that really is some of the catalyst that brought it you really is. Point. I mean, as I was there, you know, banks have serve a, a good purpose and that they allow you to deposit and do checking and savings. Uh, and, and, and right. they can do some good things. Now they also offer some things that are not so good for you with loans, but I'll never forget being there and coming to the realization, uh, that I couldn't do this anymore. Um, I, I didn't feel good about what I was doing. Um, I was actually pulling people in, even though they were approved for loans and started talking them out of it, you know, and just helping them to see. But I realized I wanted to educate people. And as I look back on my life um, as a player, um, as a as a business person, uh, as a business owner, I've always been an encourager and a coach to people. Uh, I enjoy that aspect. Uh, It's fun for me. And so moving into that realm, that's what really started to happen where, again, the ground started shaking, you know, where things needed to change. I was getting miserable. And I knew I was getting miserable because of this. When I'd wake up on Sunday and already start to get miserable about what I was going to have to do on Monday, okay? And oftentimes it started even on Saturday, right? I'd wake up excited that I didn't have to go do that job. And then by Saturday night, I was miserable because I knew Monday was coming. And that was literally where I started that process of thinking, okay, what do I need to do? What direction am I going to go? And then I happened to uh, have an opportunity to cross paths with Dave, uh, which set me on a whole nother trajectory. And I wanted to ask about that. I love the story that you literally won a contest, got a seat uh, in in one of the shows. That led to a lunch that you didn't even believe uh, was (laughs) legit at the beginning. And then ultimately to this, to this offer him offering you a spot on the team. So I'm interested in that. We've got a guy that we've interviewed, Bob Bodine. He's uh, real big into in sports and really in college football. Mm -hmm. He recruits. Uh, folks, and he talks about, and I want to interview him soon again on this because we talked about it at an event together. He says, man, when somebody would come in, I would know within a matter of seconds mm. if they got it, if they got what's needed for that position. 
So I'm curious on this. Dave saw something in you. My gosh, we know that. He, he's with yeah. a lot of people, sees a lot of talent. And yet you, he picked out and said, what about a spot on the team? What is it that you feel like now, looking back again, that he saw in you that obviously uh, came to fruition? You know what? I'm not sure. You know, I don't know. I could point to it. And people have asked me that before. And I don't know if it was my background, um, having been in the you know financial mm-hmm. world, uh, grad school degree, having been a collector as well as a loan person and mortgages. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know if what that was or or if he saw just this desire of this individual to connect with something bigger. But I have to say this. I didn't come and sit in on the show angling for a job. I wasn't coming in to try to do anything. I was literally coming in to meet this man who I'd started reading his information and it was start. it was making a change in my life. And so it was just a great opportunity to meet him. That's the that was my only goal. Um, and so for him to call me a few days after that was a total surprise. Well, and it sounds like that your story is a lot of but my favorite definition of luck where preparation meets yeah. opportunity and you are comfortable with transition, comfortable with the next thing, which again, feeds right into yeah. your message. And, and, and I didn't want to ask on that. So, so now bring us to fruition. What, where did you derive the focus on retirement specifically as a launching point? Well, before Chris answers that question, I want to share some great resources with you. Well, when I first joined Dave's team, my goal, my job was working with pro athletes, entertainers, uh, actors, and musicians. Um, I was working with higher-end clients. That's, I'd done some of that uh, in my previous uh, uh, positions. And so I came in, and my goal was to take Dave's message and really start to help people on that level, really start to understand the hmm. basics of the importance of having a plan and walking through the steps. Uh, but then I also started coaching just regular, everyday people. I loved it. Uh, sitting with them financially, helping them build a budget, helping them understand how to deal with that and invest. And so literally, I met with a gentleman. Uh, he was in his mid-40s, uh, and he was coming in because he wanted a wealth checkup, right? He wanted me to look over his financials and just give him some tips. Uh, but I asked him what he did for a living, and he looked at me, and he said, I'm retired. And I looked at him. He had all his hair, right? He had all yeah. his teeth. There was no oxygen tank or wheelchair or anything. And I remember going, no, no, no. I mean, what do you do for a living? And he must have thought I I was hard of hearing or something because he looked at me. He said, I'm retired. And I literally had all these questions, right? How does somebody at this young of an age retire? And so it started me on this path of really understanding something uh, that that I ultimately arrived to this, this big statement. It's the subtitle of my book, Retire Inspired. Retirement is not an age. It's a financial number. So really starting to see this, and, you know, most of the culture out there thinks that age 65, that's when you can retire, right? That's when we've heard. There are certain ages that are milestones in our lives, right? Age 16, you can get your license, right? Uh, You know, and there are other ages where you can do some things. But after that, it's age 65 is the next thing we point to. Why is that? Well, it's because of our culture. It's because of commercials. It's because of what they've heard about Social Security. And so as I was coaching people and talking with them, I realized, People were woefully unprepared. Everybody thought Social Security was just going to show up and save the day. But when I dug into it, I realized the average payout is 16000 a year. You know, that equates to around $1,331 a month. And then I started doing the math. The average mortgage payment is around 1700 a month. The average new car payment is 570 a month. 
the average used car payment is $425. So my statement was this. If people are banking on Social Security to save the day, they won't even be able to meet their necessities based off Social Security. And so it was really at that point I had the wake-up call of I've got to help people start to understand the importance of this and why planning is so vital. Okay, so that. So preparing for the future is what you're advocating. And so in the realm of, you know, we joke about the uh, the business professor who's never started a business. This is something <laughs> that you are not just preaching. This is something that you are actively living out. And I got to tell you, um, it drove it home. Well, I'll just, I'll just be blunt and ask preparing for the future. Your life has forced this upon you even recently in a really acute way. If I can, I want to ask about your son case, uh, because that is, uh, that's, that is this in, in a, in a really acute aspect. Yes, sir. Uh, my youngest son was diagnosed with a rare genetic disorder, uh, at age two. Uh, it's called Hunter syndrome, uh, and essentially what it means is his body doesn't dispose of all the the gag in the in his joints and everything, and so it can cause enlarged organs, uh, it's cognitive as well as physical impact. Uh, but the the reality of the disease is is it could end his life before of age fifteen, and so it was a it was a, a obviously as you can imagine a, a serious yeah. shock uh, to our family. Uh, one of those things as a parent, it's your worst nightmare to hear news of this way. Um, and so we got proactive, you know, we started digging into it and researching and doing what we needed to do. Um, he's in a clinical trial right now and doing very well, uh, you know, and so he's moving in that way. But it was that kind of um, thing that came out of left field uh, that really, I mean, if because we were working the plan already, we were already on a path. But let's just say it gave me extra motivation yeah. uh, to make sure that as a parent, am I doing everything that my child needs? Am I focused? Am I intentional? Do I know my options? Do I know what I'm going to do for my baby? Um, and so it literally was one of those things where you look at it and you understand, you know, had, had I had a whole lot of debt in my life, it would have prevented me from doing what I needed to do for my son. And so that was one of those things that it was also, it further solidified that we need to understand that debt's not our friend, it's a thief. You know, it steals from you now, but it also yeah. steals from your future. Yeah. And so being aware of that and really working the plan has allowed us to do what's necessary for our son. Well, I appreciate the acuteness of the message in relation to your personal life. And folks, I do yeah. want to point out, if I can, Chris, that if you go, because uh, it's, it's hard to give the URL for YouTube, but if you type in uh, Chris Hogan's story you haven't heard, you'll come up with a YouTube video that is, uh, is, is profound. Uh, it got me misty watching it yesterday. And then it also gives a link for projectalive.org slash donate. You can go and donate and you can actually put in there. They'll ask who you're donating for. And you can put in case C A S E case Hogan. We went there yesterday and, and donated. You can also, uh, oh, yo, you. absolutely. You can also text alive A L I V E to this number nine, one, nine, nine, nine. Uh, and I got to tell you, Chris, I've got a, uh, I've got a son with a long history. And so that was near and dear to my heart. But again, I just appreciated your message 10 times more knowing this is not just something that you're excited about and you believe in. This is something you wake up and you live in in a significantly acute way every single day. Well, I appreciate that. I thank you. And here's the thing that I've found as I've traveled all across the country, I uh, met people all over the world, uh, people, everybody's going through something. 
everybody's got something going on in their lives. And I think that's why we've got to be aware. You know, it goes back to that relationship building. Uh, it goes back to putting ourselves financially in a position to be able to support causes that we care about, uh, whether it's veterans, you know, single moms, uh, you know, the elderly, things of that nature. And so I think we have the ability in our human spirit to do so much good. Uh, it's just a matter of being aware of it uh, and answering the call when the opportunity arrives. Well, and I am grateful that you have answered the call. I want to know what's coming up next for you. Mm-hmm. What's what's preeminent in your mind that you're working on a project, a launch, a, uh, a next fruition? Well, I'm actually, you know, in the midst. I've got my retire inspired podcast uh, that I talk to. I talk about life as well as right. money, uh, but I'm also working on my next book. Uh, and that is a project that I'm very excited about. Uh, we've not released anything in the public yet, but I'm headstrong in the it, uh, working even as I travel and I speak all around the country on money, business and leadership. I'm working on the book in the hotel room, you know, working on it at night. So it's one of those things that I'm excited about. Uh, we'll be, uh, launching, uh, that in January of 2019. So I would just tell your listeners and viewers just to stay tuned We'll start pre-sale in August, and I'm excited to unleash it on the market. Do we get a hint as to the <laughs> as to the topic? Hey, it is it's a it's a topic that is it it it, it coincides right with the retire inspired. So I'm not going to unleash anything All yet, right. but I promise you, I'm going to send you a copy. Uh, and I'm going to send you actually five to 10 copies that you can use as giveaways when we release. It. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so so let me, you know, Ziegler is big on legacy. And I know Dave is focused so much in, in Ramsey Solutions with succession. And so as you look at this and look at your trajectory that's been somewhat varied, but you stayed the course, when you look at legacy and you look at that and whether your days end in a year or whether they're in 40 more years, what do you hope that people are going to have gotten from Chris Hogan and the investment that you've made? Yes, that's, that's a great question. Um, I told a story uh, several years ago uh, that, you know, my three boys, they are my family legacy. Um, I want better for my sons than what I had. I don't know any parent or grandparent out there that doesn't want that. And the only way for them to have better is for me to do better, right, to be intentional and work and, and, and make sure I'm working a plan. But I told someone, someone asked me, Chris, what do you want your legacy to be? And I said, I hope that one day after I'm long gone, Uh, that somebody will bump into one of these Hogan boys and they'll say, I knew your daddy. I heard him speak. I heard uh, his talk uh, or I saw him on video or something. And I want you to know your dad helped me to think differently so I could change my life. Um, If my boys were to hear that or, or somebody somewhere that knew me were to hear a statement like that from anyone, I think to me that is truly a legacy. And I say that because Zig has had a legacy, is, is, has had an impact on me. I, I wrote down, I want to read you uh, three of my favorites. Uh, the first one is, you were born to win, but to be a winner, you must plan to win, prepare to win, and expect to win. Yeah. Uh, that thing. The second one, when you catch a glimpse of your potential, that's when passion is born. Mm. Uh, amazing. And the final one, the first step in solving a problem is to recognize that it does exist. Those three things changed my life. Those three things gave me a whole new perspective, even on the challenges with my son's health, uh, that looking at that, that's a challenge. That's an obstacle. It doesn't mean it's a stopping point. It's a proving ground. It's where I get to make a decision that that doesn't defeat me, but I'm going to work hard to do what it takes to overcome that. And I think if we can get more of that spirit in our lives, 
We don't allow life to happen to us. We happen to our lives by the decisions we make, the actions we take, and the people we impact along the way. Okay, I can't let go one thing that you said, and it was right at the top of this this piece, and you spoke about your boys, and you said, for them to do better, I have to do better. I want you to speak on that because that is, that is, again, that's not the norm. We have so many people and our focus is to pour into our kids, devote uh, to our kids and almost put everything into them at right. the sake of our own lives. And yet what you have spoken, I have as a father, I have seen in my kids and I've had them speak to me that daddy, when you do things that inspire you, that inspires us as much as anything else that, that surprised me uh, in all truth. And so to hear you say that, Tell us a little bit more about that, because in the personal development world, uh, you know, as we look at uh, our kids, we look at our legacy, even the people Mm. that we're serving. Maybe we don't have kids. We have employees. We have an audience, whatever. For them to do better, I have to do better. Give us a little more on that. Well, I just think, you know, too often times we can make kids our trophies. Uh, We can make children our idols, and that's not our goal. Uh, My goal is not to be the best friend for my child. My goal is to be his father. Uh, which means I'm a guide, I'm a mentor, I'm a cheerleader, and I'm a friend, uh, but I'm also a coach. And so my, 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 my mindset with that is, is that, listen, my boys know this full sentence, no, right? <laughs> Too many parents out there, they're fearful of telling their kids no. And I'm not saying to do it to, to be mean, you know, like they're vying for a phone right now. They're 12 and 13. Like, you don't need a phone. You don't have anybody you need to call. Now, I'm not hating on anyone out there whose kids have a phone. I'm just saying for me and in my mindset, there's nobody they need to call, right? They can use our home phone or my phone if they need to. And so it's just that mindset. Just because they want something doesn't mean they get it. And I'm teaching them life lessons because as adults, there are all kinds of things we want that we don't necessarily get. But I'm teaching them above all that work, you know, money comes from work and improvement comes from effort. And so those are kind of the, the life lessons that I'm pouring into them. And they also have these quotes from Zig uh, in, our, in our little area of family room uh, for them to be able to see. So I'm teaching them that uh, moving forward, you know. And so for me, legacies have a trickle-down impact. Um, as I look to my grandfather, uh, I pull out the photo album every once in a while. I want my boys to know where we come from. Right. But as I look at it, I realize as hard as my grandfather worked and he didn't make a whole lot of money, but he supported seven kids. Right. And so for me, it's this mindset, just like of track. If you've ever seen a relay race, there's a baton handoff right to the next runner. And I look at my family's lineage and I realize I was handed a baton. You know, when I joined that family, job is to run is to run this race as far as I can, as fast as I can and pass that baton off to my children. So they in turn run and pass it to theirs. And so it's just a matter of being aware of the things that you do. My friend Rachel Cruz, Dave's daughter, yep. uh, has a great line in her book, uh, Love Your Life, Not Theirs. She says, with children, more is caught than taught. Mm-hmm. And I love that line because we need, our kids are watching us. Let's let them catch us doing some stuff right. Let's let them catch us being kind to a stranger or being supportive to other family members. Those things make a lasting impact and it can make a difference. Well, hey, right here in this show, we have caught some of your gift. Thank you so much, Chris. Thanks for coming here. Thanks for sharing your heart. Thanks for sharing this message. Uh, it's an honor for us to get more exposure for that and get the Ziegler audience uh, into what you're doing. So thank you for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. Well, there you go, folks. Uh, we try to truly bring you 
great inspiration, the best that there is, that would make Zig Ziglar proud. And I believe today with Chris, we have delivered it. Again, you can follow Chris on Twitter and Instagram at ChrisHogan360 and online at ChrisHogan360.com. Same thing, Facebook, ChrisHogan360. If you got value from the show, please let Chris know. Leave us a review in iTunes. Then email us at thanks at ZiglarShow.com. Tell us your iTunes username. We want to thank you by sending you a book, Born to Win, an actual hard copy written by Zig and Tom Ziglar. I'll tell you about an incredible show we got coming up next after I share a couple great resources. Okay, coming up next in show 572, we don't just hear a message from Zig Ziglar. We get a five-star training session in relationship skills that will empower you with the greatest asset you can possibly have. He's talking about sales and prospects. In our lives, though, anyone we want to influence or connect to is, in essence, a prospect, and we are the salesperson. To a great degree, every engagement with a human is a sale. I mean, the definition of a, a good, true sale is an exchange of value which should be equal between both parties. I mean, if it's one-sided, it's a con, I think. So in your personal interactions with others, is it a win-win event? Do you both get value? Do people seek you out or avoid you or can just take or leave you? Do you provide value to the relationships in your life? Would you like to have more meaningful relationships? Be more sought after and attractive? Uh, Good relationship builders, folks, are not born. They are made. And the question is, how much training have you done? The message is that this is training. And this is why Secrets of Closing the Sale, one of Zig Ziglar's best-selling books, it changed so many people's lives because it's not about just mere sales. It's about life. And that's what he says true sales is. It's about caring for and serving others, which we all want to do. Well, this eight and a half minutes is uh, in this in this show, in this next message coming up, uh, it takes that book and gives you, in essence, the boiled down cliff notes. I mean, it's worth hundreds of thousands of dollars and here you're going to get it for free. Well, from that message, I then asked on Facebook where I invite you to join me at Agent K Miller. Just friend me there so you can join these weekly conversations. But I asked, what valuable insight have you realized or received that has helped you in relating to other people well, whether personal or in business? incredible comments that Tom Ziegler and I talked through at length, really powerful stuff. So till then folks, thank you for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.